What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> so I haven't been fishing nor hunting as much as I would like, and it's killed me. But I went Tuesday. I think the creek is just sitting on G and waiting for O. Did you go to Elkhorn or which creek? South Elkhorn. And it was continually increasing in, in flow the whole time. You know, I checked at 10 in the morning. It looked great. Got back. Um, it just when it gets that fast, I think they're just... They just won't feed, right? You know? okay. Yeah, they don't well, fight that current. At I all. checked the current in the main fork yesterday. What did I text you? Because I texted you and asked you what you thought about the white bass. Like at twelve hundred, I think. Wow, it's seven fifty-two this morning. Really? Mm -hmm. It was dropping pretty quick. Actually, I think it was at twelve hundred the day before. Eight fifty uh, mm -hmm. yesterday when I texted you. So Later this week, it'll I, be. I like it any, anywhere below seven hundred. I'm good. Yeah, I'll go out there anything under. I've that. caught it at six fifty, seven hundred and above is where it just gets so damn pushy. Mm -hmm. You can find good pools here and there, but and some of that's relative too. It's been low for a while, and you get a fresh head through there, it'll jump way up. And you're like, God, six fifty, but six fifty is not that high. Mm -hmm. You know, as compared to right now, six seven hundred is probably still pretty high and pushy. I kind of like fishing it. At when the water really pushes through for the first time, because I feel like it almost pushes nutrients into the water. Yeah, I agree with And you. fish come up there, and I feel like they're in a little bit of a feeding frenzy. But let's get this bad boy going. All right. And we got uh, Lee McClellan, myself, Jess Winnegar, the host. And then we also have Nathan Brooks on the show today. He's the executive producer of Kentucky Field TV. Yep. And I guess of this podcast, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, technically, I guess we haven't really <laughs> talked about that before, but... Yeah, yeah, Brooks is, uh, he's the boss around Kentucky Field here, so he's joining us. Me and Brooks have been going out and doing quite a bit of hunting here lately, yeah. uh, and fishing for the show, and just for fun. Including this morning, correct? Yeah, including, that's yeah. why, if I seem a little bit tired today, that's that's why. Yeah. I'm dragging just a little bit. I actually went coyote hunting with a buddy last night, night hunting, and uh, got home around midnight, and I met Brooks at 5 something this morning. We went out, and he busted a bird, so. That's a good tired, though. Oh, yeah, it's a perfect tire. It's one of those that's worth it for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to hit the uh, the white bass on Salt River when we get done today or after we're off work today. So hopefully I'm even more tired with but, more success. You know, I've heard sporadic good reports. So I've been following on, I've been keeping up with a few people on Facebook that fish it quite a bit. And it seems like it's starting to round into shape. It finally happened, and I'm seeing stringers full of fish. So, of course, Chad for the TV show last week went to oh, No yeah. Land, and they caught. 50. 50 plus fish. 50. Rick told me this morning they did great. Yeah, they literally said they caught 50 fish. I was yeah. in there. Jameson, who filmed it for them, is in there going through footage right now. He's just starting starting to uh, edit the piece, and he's got all of his catches labeled in red. And as you go through it, it's just like a string <laughs> of red and a string of red. You know, he actually noticed a pattern, too. He said any time a boat went by and some waves kind of pushed up on shore, they'd catch a bunch of fish right after that. I've had that happen on Kentucky Lake quite a bit when barges go by. It'll be dead, and you'll hear juga 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 juga, and then during that time, you'll catch like three or four. And then once the barge passes, it. it, it Are bait fish being pushed up to the shore? Or I, what's I wonder going if on? it just doesn't disorient them. Maybe it disorients them, and they There's, think, "Ooh, time to attack." Or, you know. I don't know what it is, but I bet you that's something that I don't know if Chad and Rick even noticed it. I think Jameson just as he was going through the footage because he sees the whole day condensed. Also you know caught I mean? a couple of walleye, correct? Yep. Right. right. One big one, one small one. I didn't see the footage of the big one, though, because I think it got <laughs> off. <laughs> they caught it, but Jameson was shooting something else, and I think it slipped it off. off. Well, yeah. well, they were trying to hold a little bit, evidently, and get the camera ready, and then 
Yeah. Mr. Wallace yeah. said, well, I've been nice hanging out with you, but I got to go. Well, I think they had a show effectively, and Jameson was getting some other footage, and he yeah. couldn't get back to where the fish was on the on the, on the the line, and so it kind of Any, got off. Anytime you have 50 fish, you've got yeah. a show. Yeah. I mean, no you, doubt. You've got a tough show. You had a show, show within yeah. a half hour. You yeah, know exactly. That. If I was Jameson, I'd have picked up the fishing pole and started going to work a little bit sooner. And, and talking did. about putting a show together, I'm thinking sometime later this summer, we'll get back on here with all these RL photographers and uh, yeah. do a show talking about how to put a TV show together. Well, that's what you're supposed to talk about, right? That's yeah. what you do. Well, that's what I do, but. <laughs> But I think this is more about hunting and fishing today. Yeah, I would, I would like to talk hunting and fishing. Yeah. It's been so long since we've done a podcast. Too long, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's been a little bit longer than it had been in the past, but that's things have been crazy around here. I mean, turkey season opened up, and uh, you've had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I'm you, Like, you're fin- finishing up your classes mm-hmm. right now, so you'll be a little bit more free yes. for too long and doing some And we fishing. just had a lot of, lot of deadlines at, at, yeah. you know, to, to meet at work. You know. It's been crazy. It has. In the meantime, we've done a lot of stuff outdoors. I've tried to catch the white bass around several times, a lot of swings and misses, but I've got a lot of confidence in today. And, of course, turkey season's been in for two weeks now. Mm-hmm. I knocked down a bird. Brooks knocked down a bird. Have you had a chance to go at all? Not yet. I'm going to my brother's hopefully next weekend after, after derby. You know, I think that the best turkey hunting of the season so far is probably... Still coming? I, I don't know if it's still coming, but I think it's here right now. Yeah. Because it is much better right now than it was the first weekend, in my opinion. Do you think it's the weather? Oh, yeah. 100%. I think it's the weather. I also think the hens yeah. are now, a lot of them are bred. A lot of them are starting mm-hmm. to lay eggs. So mm-hmm. all these birds, these toms. So now the gobblers are like, dang, you know. There's all the girls have been paired off and it's 2 o'clock right. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put it this way. The first time me and Brooks went turkey hunting together this year, it was uh, two weeks ago exactly. Yep. And it was snow and sleet that day. And we had uh, three gobblers that were henned up with nine hens took us six hours to get them in and kill a bird right today we went we saw three gobblers with no hens and they were gobbling their heads off the whole time right so it's a it's a big difference you know my brother observed a lot of activity in late march and Mm -hmm. he was concerned that we were going to miss it well we kind of got a warm front yeah yeah that warm time you know he started pairing off start seeing more activity and he and a buddy of mine who lives on a farm near richmond were talking about i saw this turkey today and they were going back and forth uh, texting and um and then the activity kind of died down. I didn't hear it. Now it's picked back up again. Right at the beginning of the season, that's when we had that cold front. We had mm-hmm. that snow and wind. It was and ridiculous. It was a rough couple of days. Ridiculous. I mean, and yeah. it, didn't Zach talk about that's kind of, I mean, with the, the breeding season, that's why they try to yeah. push. They, they don't start the season until mm-hmm. mid-April. Yeah, we want to give the hens a chance to breed. Right. Um, because then that'll help our turkey population if the hens get bred before hunting. And then also, uh, after those hens are bred, they'll go off and start laying eggs, and the, the gobblers will start looking for more hens. Right. So you still get a good chance. You might have to wait, and that's why our hunting season, our turkey season, isn't always the best at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you got to wait for that second rut. Uh, that's not a technical mm-hmm. term for a turkey breeding. But. Well, and a lot of people, when they talk about that, they talk about how you know they're seeing birds gobbling and, and strutting before the season starts. They feel like they're missing out on it. Well, they're really not. I mean, and we, I mean, we've yeah. had such a great experience in our hunting so far oh, yeah. this year. It was great. We like, haven't missed anything. We're two weeks in, and our best hunts have been today and two days ago. Yeah. Good deal. Well, it snowed the third week of. Yeah. 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 It snowed. It's, yeah. Put us back a little bit. That, uh, that bird, uh, Brooks killed, we actually got on that same bird two days in a row, and we heard that bird gobble 200 sometimes. We probably saw, watched him gobble 200 sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he was just every, it was like every breath he took, just. Hammer. He set out on that ridge on Saturday, about 200 yards away, and gobbled his head off for 15 minutes. I mean, just every five seconds. He wouldn't come to our decoys, yeah. Though. He but, wouldn't come then. Why'd he work this morning? Well, we 
set up a little bit different. Man, you know, I'm a visual person. I like to show people maps, but I'll try to explain this. Mm -hmm. So we uh, think of a big field separated by a small tree line, right? With a creek on the lower edge, the tree lines run up from the creek, right? Well, this bird roosted on the creek both days. And one day he flew down on the opposite side of a tree line from us and he just worked up the field. Basically, we could watch him going through across the tree line up this hill. Yep. And he worked up and around into the field we were in. And he was up on top looking down at us from this ridge top up above the creek. And he was just hammering and hammering and hammering. But he wouldn't come back down the way he came from. So today we went out there and he was roosted about 150 yards down the creek from where he was. So he was actually roosted directly above where we set up the first day. And we assumed he was probably going to try to make about the same pattern he did the first day. So we set up up above him. Sure enough, he flew down. He probably would have about landed on us had we set up in the same spot. So obviously we couldn't get that close. Yeah. But this time we were just right in his way. In order for him to get where he wanted to go, he either had to make a big loop way out of his way or he had to come right past us. Mm -hmm. But we had decoys out and he was hammering at him. Every time Brooks would hit the slate, I mean, he was just going and going and going. He we were in. basically on this point yeah. that he had to come around either come around that or go back across the creek yeah. to get around us. There yeah, was no other way to get around us. So we kind of had him pinched in, and we had decoys out, and we were calling to him. So we had a pretty good setup. As soon as I saw that bird on the ground this morning, and I saw where he was compared to where we were, I thought, man, we got this bird pinned as long as he doesn't see us. And mm -hmm. it probably only took 15 minutes. Yeah. How big? Oh, we didn't weigh I mean, him. we didn't weigh him, but it seemed good to me. I mean, it was the, a big the, beard, the beard was about 10 inches long, inch-long spurs. I mean, yeah. probably a two- or three-year-old bird, if that's... I'd say it's a three-year-old bird. Yeah. They say, and I'm no expert, but they say the beards grow about three inches per year. Yeah. That's why I think that when you do your uh, turkey harvest, did it ask you if the beard was six inches or yeah, longer? that's what it says. So that'd be a, over a two-year-old bird, mm -hmm. if it's yeah. six inches long. Yeah, it was definitely that, yeah. It was, nice. it was cool though, man. I mean, it was just hammering and hammering and hammering. It was a completely different experience than the hunt we had when I killed mine two weeks ago. Yeah. Because that, that was when it was snowing and sleeting. And that bird, after they came off the roost, didn't make a peep. Except for when that lone hen came over. Yeah, yeah. And the lone they, hen came from out of nowhere. Yeah. But that was a crazy hunt because those, those those birds had like nine hens with them that first that first Monday of the season. And they literally sat. We could watch them for six hours. We did watch them. For we, six, yeah, we did watch them six hours. We watched those hens for six. We watched those birds for six hours before we got a shot. They finally worked their way around, and uh, we were supposed to shoot. I was shooting on Chase's mark when he shot, and he shot the second bird, second tom. And at that point, I, I hit a limb, hit some, hit a sapling right in the middle of it, three yards from my barrel. Or I would have shot that. Well, bird. the reason we shot like that, so thing we're looking out over this big field, and the birds are to our right. And I'm sitting on the right. So I'm telling Brooks, you know, if I'm sitting on the right, I'm going to shoot the bird on the right. So they're shooting. coming right to left. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was waiting for the second Tom to come in so he could shoot on my mark. And so I had to let the first Tom go past me. When the second Tom came in and got away from the hands and had a clear shot, I shot. Brooks shot. I thought we doubled. Brooks absolutely destroyed a small tree. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those situations where I was <laughs> literally aiming through the tree. I couldn't yeah. see the tree because I was aiming so hard at the bird. And I came back to my spot after a shot, like, how did I miss that bird? Yeah. And literally a sapling, an inch in diameter, was just... It's got to be tough, though, because when you're waiting, you're just listening, and you're thinking, i got to shoot as soon as I hear this gunshot go off, and he's just aiming at this bird. And when that gunshot went off, he probably just... His gun went off as well, you know? Mm -hmm. He probably wasn't thinking a whole lot about... Because we weren't close enough to be shoot on three, no. one, two, three, no. shoot. So... Um, it was a little bit different quarters than that, but uh, it was still a great hunt. I oh, it's, it's a lot. Of, and I killed a coyote that hunt, too. Killed a coyote that, which is fun. Yeah. I've always been told in turkey hunting, and I learned this from Tim Farmer, really is your best option is to be patient. 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah, the only option you have. Yeah, you could run and gun. You can try to get closer. But almost nine I times out of ten. you birds when you do that. Yeah, nine oh. times out of ten, I think you're best being patient. We actually did that the same day. That, two days ago, we did that. Mm -hmm. We were... We were patient, we were patient, and then we were impatient. Sure enough, when we were impatient, we speak some birds. Yeah. It's a big learning curve, being yeah. patient. I did the same thing on a candom back in February. I had a, a quail fly so, I mean, I could have hit him with the end of my barrel. I mean, there's no excuse for me, but there was a tree, and I was like, well, I'm going for it. Boom. Wood, leaves, boom, flew everywhere, bird <laughs> flew on. I mean, and it was, I mean, I could have hit it left-handed using one arm. Mm -hmm. and I, just, I blew the hell out of the tree. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you mad. That's, you that's know? hunting right there. It is. That's I've it. had that happen in doves a lot, especially early. You're under the trees and there's still some leaves and you see one come over. Yeah. And you, you know, especially those quartering shots coming over and you come down and boom and poosh, and Mr. Dove flies on <laughs> and sticks and stuff fall down. I've done stuff like that before, but the most painful one ever was this buck I'd been hunting all year, right? And I finally, one night, gun season was coming up soon so i was like all right pressure's on i know where this buck's at every day i'm gonna make a move i've got the perfect win so i snuck into this thicket and i got down in this position and i, I thought i was pretty set sure enough here comes the buck he's at 20 yards and i pull back and when i pull back he gets a little spooky and he kind of trots off so i knew i had to shoot quick and as soon as i let the arrow go i just hear smack and the buck takes off and he stops and he's looking back i had uh, centered up a two inch sapling and that, and then that buck got shot a week later in gun season by somebody else, and that still hurts. I've got pictures of that buck. I've got pictures of the guy holding the buck too. We've all been there. I've the the most painful is when you have like one of the biggest fish you've ever had on, and yeah. then it's near the boat. You can see it, and your adrenaline's in hey, your mouth and everything. Come on now, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. No, you, you are that, completely bringing up a bad. Do you know what yeah. happened to Brookside? Yeah, I know, but that's <laughs> what I was saying. I was, I was trying to lead him in, but that happened to me on Kentucky Lake a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was in Ginger Bay, man, and and we were in a weed bed. I hadn't had a bite in a while, and you know, you kind of like oh, I'm getting hungry and all that, and all of a sudden, dunk. And I saw my line going, and I reeled down, and I hit him. And I thought I hit him hard enough, but he was really close to the boat, and I horsed him. My, my damn yeah. adrenaline was going through the roof. Yeah. My buddy reached down with the net, and I barely had him, and he hit him with the net, and he came off. His oh. mouth was, I could have put both my fists mm -hmm. in his mouth. This is the biggest pass I've ever had on. Yeah. Right at the boat, too. And I could still, I mean, it's still, every time I think of it, I just, I get a little bit of bile in the <laughs> my throat, you know. So did, did I tell you what happened to Brooks the other day or somebody else? I, um, I actually saw it on a video. You saw the video of it? How do you yeah. see the video of it? Um, when they were walking back here, day. yeah, I was back here. Remember when I came? I wasn't supposed to come. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Remember I we wish I got a better shot of that. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was upsetting for Brooks, man. You know, that's what? happened to me with small mouse. It's not my first time either. No, first no time but either. this one was the. I mean, this is the big one. This thing was huge. Brooks hooked it. I was a, the cameraman on this shoot, and he was with Chad in the boat, of course. And he hooks it, and he's and Chad says, "You got it." And Chad's going for the net, and Brooks said, "It's a striper." Mm -hmm. And then it jumps one time, and, and Brooks, no, it's a largemouth. And you can see Chad start going for the net a little bit quicker. And then it jumps again, and, and Brooks said, it's a smallmouth. And Chad, at that point, he's like fumbling for the net, like <laughs> trying to get it, because, you know, I mean, it's just getting better and better and better. And uh, it jumped several times. There's yeah. a reason they jump. It's it's highly effective. Yeah, the I've third time. so many good ones on when they tail walk like that. It's just The we're, third time she jumped, I was trying to get my rod tip down, and it just wasn't fast. We're talking seven-plus smallmouth. <laughs> seven-plus. At the end of the we'll day, see. it was a nine pounder. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it started out a five pounder. Right, <laughs> yeah. right after we were stabbing, that's a five pounder. That was and by a, the end of the day, it was a nine pounder. It was a seven plus smallmouth. And the thing that made it so much worse is 
the rest of the day was tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest of the day was really bad. I you caught know, I, that, I caught a minnow pretty much. That down Kentucky <laughs> Lake, I got I got I blanked after that. Some mm-hmm. of us I checked out mentally because I was just fuming. You yeah, know, yeah. the rest of the because it was you know just And that was our first bite of the day. It was like an hour and a half into it, maybe. Uh, yeah, I thought things were gonna be amazing when, when I see the seven pound smallmouth jump and the eight pound smallmouth, maybe a nine pounder, I'm not sure. One thing I could have been living, when you're using a bait caster, you have your stuff on, like a Carolina rig, or you were throwing yeah. a pretty big swim bait. Yeah. It's so easy to not reel down quite and just, mm-hmm. you don't jack them enough sometimes, you know, because they're so much the video, After looking at the video, I think that's probably what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Probably what I could have done differently is I could have set the hook better. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a pretty quick, a short hook set for me. And I think if I'd been a little more emphatic with it, yeah, I think when you're throwing a little bit bigger and heavier, it's easy to do. And anymore, I try to remember, jack him again. You yeah. know, as soon as yeah. you get him down, pop him, and I come back and pop him again. Yeah. So the hook, hooks that's a free. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, uh, most of the time. Sometimes they cost you a lure. But that was a long day in Kermit. We had fun, but it was a long day. We got the shoot. We got six or seven or eight large uh, smallmouth. Cumberland's been up since February. When we went down yeah. that can hunt, we were going to go yeah. one day, striper fish the next, and we literally watched the lake just go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? That and same day. I was amazed that they weren't, that they had none of the gates open below the dam. Do you notice that? I didn't see that. We, I didn't see it on the lake that day because obviously we weren't anywhere near That's there. It's unusual because they've been pulling it like Yeah, they've been crazy. Well, I saw one of the guides was uh, fishing on the river that day, same day we were there. You know who I'm talking about? And he literally had a picture of himself sitting at the bottom of one mm-hmm. of those, well, what are they called, like a ramp, one of the <laughs> ramps? Yeah. I mean, he, if if that thing would have opened up, he'd have been underwater in two gates. seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. gates. Yeah. They, they had absolutely no water coming through there. Yeah, that was later that afternoon. It was the same day, though. It was the same day, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Well, but I like suspect because said. everything's so much lower downstream, they were probably saying, you got to hold this water back yeah. and let some of it flow out before you let go. So, they were, it's more about the river than the lake. Yeah, more about yeah. Nashville and points downstream. Right. Than, Nashville's know. the big one, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. A, that's the big one. So if, if it's floody, borderline floody down there, and they put more water on top of it, though, yeah. you know, that doesn't serve the purpose of what they're trying to do. Exactly. It was a fun day. Like Brooke said, it was a tough day fishing, but it's a good day. It's comfortable out, which is nice for a change. I think the last time I'd been in a boat, or several of the last times I've been in a boat after the show, had been freezing. Yeah. That's how it's been this whole year up until now. So I'm looking outside right now, and I just want to go out there. Yeah, oh, now it's too. like 70, 75 degrees. 70, 70 degrees. It was cold this morning. And it was 35 this morning when we were hunting, so that's what's crazy about it. Yeah, it was, it was cool this morning. I had a, I lived down in a low spot, and it's always colder in my house. And I, I think there was about a heavy frost, heavy frost on the ground this morning. But it's so funny. I can leave my driveway and drive a quarter mile, and it's like five degrees warmer. I've got my garden out, so thankfully it didn't frost at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still in the process of digging mine, but yeah. What else we got, guys? Well, you know, this is, um, have you ever heard the old terms about the winters of spring? You ever heard of dogwood winter and blackberry winter and all that? Yeah, yeah. This last one in May is what they call bridges winter. What's the, that? Bridges winter. It's old. It's old saying yeah. for Woolsey Lindsay uh, bridges, which was an older material. But from basically Civil War till industrialization, this is what a lot of people made their clothes out of. And that meant once you had that one last cold front in early May, you can put your long johns away for the year. So they called that bridges winter. Why an early May cold front, though? A couple of years ago, I went on a, a float on Elkhorn, June 1. Well, not, you know, June 1. High, 51. Could see your breath. We froze to death. I mean, <laughs> it still happens, yeah. you know? Of course, a week ago, 51 would have been great. But in June, no, it's not the case. No, yeah. It, it, I was like, what is this? Yeah. And I, I dressed lightly. Thank God I brought a raincoat because mm-hmm. we bailed halfway through. <laughs> it was so miserable. Yeah. 
You got any advice for me today on the salt, Lee? I mean, it, this this uh, white bass run should be in if it's on. And like mm -hmm. I said, I'm seeing pictures, people. It seems like it's on. So assuming it's going to be on for the next week and I can get to go two or three times. Well, I wrote a column up recently about that. And, and what, you know, be prepared to change is what I'm finding. Uh, oh, really? Because I only, have, tail I only and... have one bait with me today. <laughs> so I might be stopping by Walmart. Well, you know those little... Uh, a lot of people call them baby shad or shad pole type. They're like a little bitty uh, jerk bait that mm -hmm. are shad shaped and they're one and a half, two inches long. Mm -hmm. uh, the, for some reason, pink and white has been pink and pearl. Mm -hmm. The combinations with pink on those have been doing well. I hear the pearl is pretty good. I have yes. a two inch twirl tail pearl on a quarter ounce jig head, and that's, that's all I have. Man, back in the day, that's all I threw. But know? I also have a bobber, so I was thinking I have two variations of this bait. Well, I just cast it or I can throw it under a bobber and let it. And then I'd, I'd have to bring a few inline spinners with you. I don't have any white. I have some, but they're 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 bad colors in my opinion. So with the bobber, you just let it flow down. Well, yeah, but you can give it, you can give it a little jerking action. Mm -hmm. You can give it a look, but the bobber just basically lets you pick your depth. Yeah. So if you can find those fish and you're using the bobber, you'll probably be more effective. Right. Is yeah. that because you can keep it in that water column? Yeah. You know, you know, a feather jig that people use for bluegill, like a Popeye, yeah, um, work great under a bobber for mm -hmm. white bass. Absolutely. Actually, I do have one of those, and you know where I got it at. Salt River. I pulled it out of a tree. Yeah, I mean, it works. And then you could vary the depth until, you know, a lot of times, like, there's no fish, but you fish four to six feet deep. Yeah. And then you're in them, you yeah. know, and sometimes they're on top, you know, just. I grew up using Popeyes, catching <clears throat> bluegill on crappie my whole life. Oh, they're, they're, they're killer. Great. I yeah. take some crappie. But so the the new crappie size regulations on Taylorsville Lake include the head, headwaters, right? Yes. Uh, the, the, the boundary of the is Dry Dock Road. For okay. regulatory purposes, that's the end, and that's pretty far up the lake. So that's 10 inches. That's past Glensboro. That's 10 inch crappie. Yeah, inch I'll, crappie. I'll be fishing below Glensboro because yeah. I was planning on going to where Palmer Road hits River Road. Yeah. There's a parking lot there. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming I can get there because, uh, you know, the WMA is closed for turkey season. Yes. So River Road should be gated off at that parking lot if I'm and right. You can walk in from there. Yeah, so I'll just walk <clears> in from there. So I'll be below there. So 10 inch crappie. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep a crappie and eat it too. Yeah, that that's new this year. So ten inch and also uh, what was that? Keep more than one. I'll keep as many ten pluses as I yeah. catch up to what number? Um, the statewide 15. lowered from thirty to twenty. Twenty. So are year. we trying to just improve our crappie fishing? Is that the reason for some of well, that? You know, uh, you know, thirty fish. If you think about it, it's a oh, that's fish, a lot. But know? I heard people. Um, so I got some buddies that are crappie fishermen. Mm -hmm. They fish the crappie tournaments out of their kayaks and stuff like that. And they wanted this ten inch minimum on Taylorsville. Well before it was a 10-inch minimum. Well, it was not. So, But they wanted bigger fish. They said yes. Taylorsville's got the potential to produce big crappie. It, it does. And we can help it produce big crappie by just increasing this and maybe decreasing that. So we got it. And you're going to catch probably a lot of nine and a quarter, nine and a half, <laughs> yeah. nine and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> well, Taylorsville the last couple of years has been a hotbed for crappie fishing. Mm -hmm. in the spring. It's been on fire. It's been on fire, yeah. So I feel like Taylorsville is a pretty good lake for a couple different things. Catfishing. And I, mean, I know they're supposed to have big blues in Taylorsville, right? Yeah, yes, we've done some stories on that with the show. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. I, I went on a shocking boat one day, and we were doing blues, and I was writing down some notes, and they had the juice running, and I put my hand on the gunnel of the boat, and I was right down, and that water sloshed up with the light. Whoa, God, it lit me up. Oh, I mean, I up. felt it all the way through my body. I mean, yes. Oh, it's, I mean, so I've never, when that thing is on, I'm going to sit in the middle of the boat. <laughs> it just, a wave got me of that water, and I had my hand over there, and man, did it, it lit me up. Man, uh, you got shocked by the shocking boat, yeah, sitting so, in the boat. So, uh, 
If you're ever in a shocking boat, keep your hands uh, inside the boat. <laughs> I remember that for sure. That's a good wild. thing to remember. Yeah. But we saw some really big blues that day we shocked. Hmm. And Taylorsville, this is just my opinion, but I think Taylorsville, because I, I flew over the lake before it was built in an airplane um, when I was a, in high school. And uh, the, the gentleman who let me fly, he let me do, you know, I learned to do turns and chandelles and stuff like that over Taylorsville. So... I remember the early years, siltation was such an issue that the bass were reabsorbing their eggs and things of that nature. I think Taylorsville is one of the lakes that's actually going to benefit from being aged and having the silt low calm down and having more weed beds and stuff. I think it's the, Taylorsville is going to improve the longer it goes. It's going to improve more, I believe. Yeah. Are there some weed beds on Taylorsville? Now that I think about it, I never really see a lot of them. Some used to not be any. So yeah. a lot of, um, but we had a really bad siltation problem back in the early, early years of the lake. And um, we had bad bass reproduction as a result because mm -hmm. their eggs would get silted up. Compared, so, to, compared to some other lakes, it doesn't seem like I see near the vegetation on Taylorsville. Yeah, but at least I used to not see any. Yeah. And, and now I see some. Like, um, but, but Kentucky Lake is having an issue with vegetation, especially in the southern end. Some know? of it's good. Some of it's bad, though. Yeah. Like I go out on Cave Run, and there are like grass mats bigger than oh, football yeah. fields where you can the grass nearly comes to the surface. And it just looks amazing. I mm -hmm. know there's fish hiding in there. Yeah. Depend, I mean, I don't know that much about Good weeds, bad weeds, coontail, all this stuff. Yeah, you just hope it's not hydrilla or something. Yeah, like there yeah. is a little bit of hydrilla in Cave Run yeah, now, just is, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Usually when I go to Cave Run, I'm musky fishing, mm -hmm. or I'm trying to. I'm not very successful musky fisherman, but I will be someday. All I need is one, and then I'm pretty successful <laughs> out of a kayak. Well, yeah. they had a tournament over there this weekend, and it didn't. It was pretty spotty. Oh, no. mm -hmm. that was going to go Saturday. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, one day to the next. But what do you think about, so if I was going to Cave Run this Saturday to try to catch a musky, what do you think? Anything for me? Uh, I think with this warm-up, it'll help. Uh, Kevin work? Kevin was the one who told me Kevin Kelly, our coworker, yeah. and his his uh, he told me about those tournament results, and he thinks that they're already postponed. So musky, mm -hmm. I have to look at my water temperature chart to see where musky spawn, but I think it's pretty low, like forty eight to like fifty eight or something like that. One hundred and fifty something participants might might have been higher than that, like ninety two boats, twelve fish. Oh man, well uh, musky. I think if memory serves correctly, musky's hard to fish, but you got to imagine the people going out and fishing those tournaments are people who know how to catch them. And that, that's yeah, that's not so. I mean, it doesn't go well to go out there on kayaking. Well, and and, and you know, all last week and we had an east wind, and you know, one of the things that mm -hmm. I, I do believe in, you know, is so many old wives' tales with hunting and fishing, and most three quarters of them you can just forget, but an east wind. Is one that if the wind's hard out of the east, man, it's just it can it's tough. We it's, talked about that on Cumberland because we had an east wind that day. Yeah, that's why you probably it's like a slight northeast wind. Yeah, yeah. there's enough to really makes it tough. I don't know what it'll be this Saturday, but I was thinking. Oh, by I, now with that warm front, it'll be south southwest. Well, I was thinking I was trying to just figure wind. out what to do. I was just going to find some coves with some some cover, and mm -hmm. I was probably going to try to hit the back end of the cove where the the creeks are flowing into it. Maybe uh, just try to find some warmer water flowing in. Or some, what would that be, warmer water? Yeah, that in? should be by now, but yeah. that should be warmer than what's, ah, well, we're maybe in that transition zone where it's yeah. probably about the same That's what I was saying. It could be either which way. But. Well, I, I know uh, the area around Claylick and Warwick's are, are, are good spots. Yeah. Um, and they're consistently good spots. Well, keep in mind, I'm kayaking, so wherever I, mm. the last time I went out there, I paddled six miles. Well, you could put in there at the Claylick boat ramp and fish around that and yeah. not get. Might be what I have to do. I'm going to make a trip out of it. I'm hoping I can fill my second turkey tag uh, this week so I don't have to think about that while I'm sitting on my kayak not catching fish on Saturday. That would make it a lot easier. But hopefully uh, hopefully that works out. Definitely want to go do it. I might get in touch with Mike Harden and see if he'll give me a tip or two. That, that mm -hmm. would be the man to talk to. Good yeah. luck.
I saw him uh, well, one morning. He was meeting me for crappie, and uh, he caught a 50-incher <laughs> that morning. And then we were crappie fishing. He'd pick up his rod. He's like, Lee, I can't help it. And right there by the Warwick's boat ramp, he had him. I saw its mouth go, like, and swirl after it. It didn't go after hard. I went, whoa. He went, whoa. <laughs> I saw it, too. I was like, oh, man. He kind of had the shakes a little bit, you know, after yeah. that. But, I mean, he had a, he crushed him that morning. Yeah, Mike's hardcore. Yeah, all he is. is. And, and, you know, his, his family has such a rich history there. Like, he pointed at a, you know, my, you know, he had relatives that, that owned, like, right on, you know, his dad grew up before the lake. And he told me, you know, he knows what it looked like prior to impoundment. For people yeah. who don't know Mike, he's the uh, assistant director. Yeah, assistant, assistant director of fisheries. Yeah. yeah, and he's a big time musky guy from the Cape area. Just a fantastic angler, just in yeah. general. Right. When you're in the boat with him, you'll catch. I like know? Mike. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he is. He's fantastic. Well, you can watch. Uh, there's a segment where Chad got his first musky ever with mm-hmm. him, with, with Mike. Mike. Yeah. Yep. And man, the way Mike was laughing and giggling, man, <laughs> it was giggling. I don't even feel bad saying that. Because that's what he's doing. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he gets he, excited. Yeah, he was having a blast out there. Yeah, that's yeah, a good time. I have heard uh, Rick and um, and uh, Sloan went and uh, Taylorsville. They caught crappie over the weekend. Oh, really? Did well. They caught twenty. And I'm hearing good reports out of Kentucky Lake that they're finally starting to hit. So okay. crappie probably are right here now. You know? So we're finally getting through all this this flooding and all this rain yeah. and this, this cold, weather. cold weather. And yeah. it seems like we've been waiting for this, for cool. all this to mm-hmm. turn on. So and now it is. For the entire month of April, we've been waiting for it. Now yeah. finally, it's happening. Lee told me, what was it, when the red buds bloom, the crappie are spawning. Yeah, so well, mm-hmm. you look well, out the window well, right now. Yeah. Red buds bloom, white bass run. When the dogwoods dog bloom, crappie are spawning. Well, the red buds are blooming right now. Yeah, and, the, and my dogwood in my front tree, the yard is too. So we got okay, when it's spring. And so so <laughs> those things are both happening because, I mean, literally I was walking around campus earlier and I was noticing that and I was thinking about it. White bass. My are red up. bud looks beautiful right now. It's just <laughs> booming. White bass are supposedly running. I'm going to go confirm that. Actually, we know they're running because Rick and Chad went down yeah. for the show last On week. On Nolan, they were. Yeah, caught 50-something of them. And the crappie, you say the reports are good. Yeah. yeah, they caught them over the weekend. So. so apparently that saying holds true, mm-hmm. even with a crazy winter and early spring. Mm-hmm. But my dogwoods didn't bloom really in earnest until the last week. I mean, they were kind of showing it, and then all of a sudden, poof. There you, you go. Know, they a couple really of spots, spells of warm weather. Yeah. Sunlight. And I think this week we'll start stream smallmouth fishing in earnest. It's been a rough year because it's been so up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. But now that we've got this good warm weather and the return to normal flows they should be on fire what's your uh, favorite stream to go to to catch well you know um actually uh green river from the dam to greensburg okay remember that day we filmed an incredible show on there that was one of the first shows i ever did four years ago with Mm -hmm. with, uh, the kentucky foot tv was you and tim sloan and farmer yeah no that's that's strange one of the first shows i ever did was with lee also the first show i think you did i think it was the first one i always work yeah yeah, we caught more on Green River, though, than Florida. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. laughs> I, I floated Floyd's the other day. I actually had a really good time catching trout there a few days mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I tried it for smallmouth, and I didn't have a whole lot of luck. But the trout was good. The it trout was. probably won't last much longer either. So Yeah, they'll, they'll be. Yeah. yeah. Get, the water will get too hot for them. I caught one in July in an inline spinner right there by the 64 Bridge one time. I caught. Resilient. I, mm-hmm. I probably caught 12 trout uh, the last time I was there, and I, I wasn't even in the kayak thing. I was just standing in one spot. Around the Eglon, actually. So I was, I was like right in the middle of the that's, that's where it, that's the hot spot right through there. And uh, the, I saw, I was just you know casting an inline spinner, and I started seeing trout jump in this riffle. So I went over there, and I probably caught twelve of them out of it. I kept the five biggest because I kept the four biggest and one other one because I hooked it bad, and I figured I probably need to keep that one too. Mm-hmm. No size limit, five fish limit on that creek. Mm-hmm. So might as well eat them right now. You know the, that's what I'm saying. Uh, delayed harvest restrictions are over, so. 
you know. Yeah. But, but most of them are not going to hold over, so enjoy them, eat them. Oh, they were delicious. Yeah. I brought them into work here. Jameson tried a bit of one of them. I mean, they weren't big fish. They were the stalkers, so maybe 12 to 15 inches, something mm-hmm. like that. But, I mean, it was delicious and super easy to cook. Mm-hmm. As far as fish goes, it was probably the easiest fish to clean and cook I've ever had. We just cut their heads off, gut them, and then yeah. Yeah. Greek seasoning, butter, and a little lemon pepper and lemon juice. I and just baked them. Sounds good. I used olive oil, salt, pepper, lemon pepper, mm-hmm. and uh, baked them, just wrapped them in aluminum foil so they'd steam. Baked them for like 12 minutes or something. Not, not long at all. And they were delicious for two days after. I lost a, a bet one time. We were in Arkansas and we cooked trout. And a buddy of mine said, I'll eat this fin and uh, for, you know, a little bet. And um, <laughs> I said, I don't eat that fin. He went crunch, crunch, crunch. And then I ate one. That tasted, you ever had those potato chips that are like brown and burnt? Yeah. You know, out of the yeah. bag. That yeah, one? Yeah. That's what the fin tasted like. So it wasn't that bad. I was that's like, so, so he, 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 won, he won a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, probably not a little as, bit off of me on that. Probably one. the first time he'd done that. No. <laughs> it's probably not as bad as me and Rachel actually following through with our thing and eating yeah. a coyote last week. Oh, did you? We did. Mm-hmm. Right here in this kitchen. We ate some coyote. And that was all because she said on the podcast we had to, and we followed through with that one. So how was it? Seasoned. That's yeah. what I've told it everybody. Was very well seasoned. Well, yeah. Yes, needs to be seasoned yes. and overcooked, but it was probably one. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> My granddad used to take me to coon suppers all the time. Man, I mean, I did it to humor him, but Lauren coon, and I'm sorry, it's stringy, and you know, mm. it had, you have to cook the fire out of it. And I put tons of seasoning on it, and you know, kind of. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. Man, he loved it, but. It's definitely an acquired taste. I've had a coon before, but I can't remember what it tastes like. It's it just a, really stringy. I mean, my memory. You know, I don't like uh, hunting or anything like that, something that you're not going to eat. Coyote's pretty much the only thing that I've done that with in the mm-hmm. past. But I do wish more people would get out and trap coons. Because, you know, we were talking to Zach Danks last time we were on. He was talking about turkey numbers being down basically because poults per hen are down, which basically has to do with nest predators and lack of habitat. Mm-hmm. Coons are probably that number one nest predator. Mm-hmm. So uh, my granddad thought they were, you know, the greatest thing ever. Hmm. You know, I mean, he loves squirrel and he loves squirrel brain and eggs. You ever squirrel heard of old timers? But eggs. I've heard, of, yeah, eating whole squirrel. Yeah, yeah, they he would put the brain I've in heard his eggs. Oh, I never have heard of that. <laughs> I never had. I was perfectly fine. I was not a fan. Could you imagine? No. You're like twelve. You're like, oh, granddad, <laughs> you know. But uh, I mean, I, I ate squirrel a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. I did, we we would cook squirrels all the time. But <laughs> I don't. We never ate the brain. That's for sure. I'll tell you a story. There's this a buddy of mine that I want to come on the podcast, and I've talked to Brooks about it. My buddy Bobby, he's a big time outdoors dude, and but he's just a little bit different. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I remember back in middle school, we had a day where we like dress. I can't remember why we dressed up. For some reason, you wore something weird to school, right? Bobby wore a uh, deer cape from a deer he killed, <laughs> and, and he uh, had found a way online or something the Native Americans used to do. Where you tan the hide using the brain. Brain, yeah. Yeah. So he did that. And I was like, Bobby, you realize you're wearing a tear cape with deer brains all over it to school today. <laughs> like, and that's just normal. For, I mean, Bobby's a super cool dude, but nobody else. Did he get sent home or you get. No, he wore that thing around all day. <laughs> just a, a deer hide, like halfway tanned with rotten deer brains. <laughs> oh, well. My but, brother gave me a t shirt one time of a little kid peeing. Uh, and it's called Whiz Kid. And I worked the school without my mother's knowledge. They sent me home. <laughs> I had to go change. Oh, Robbie, my, my brother Robbie got in trouble on that one. Really? That's funny. I got sent home awesome. for a lot of stuff and never for a t shirt. T shirt no, I was wearing. And I, when, they always just made people turn it inside out. 
Yeah, but they, they, yeah. I think at our school they kept sweatshirts up yeah, front or yeah, something. Yeah. They'd give you a sweatshirt to put on over. Yeah. Well, uh, a certain teacher who I really liked and was a history teacher, I was on the history team too, and she's like, you've got to go do something about that. So whiz we, kid, we instead of whiz yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't fly back then. So, well, I mean, yeah. I think it had been fine had it not been the, you know. The image? Yeah, the, the image, yeah. Hey, could you see something in the image or was it just well, a kid? There was a kid with his back, but I think you can see a little oh, okay. bit of, uh, you know. Rear, and uh, you could definitely see uh, a stream of, of uh, you know, of uh, whiz. Oh, if people drive around that with that on their truck, yeah, no, now it's, I mean, that's so mild, it's nothing back then. It was a big deal. That's funny. Well, that's not school with some kid's butt on your t shirt. That's not the worst thing you get sent home for, though. No, no. It, yeah, it could be much worse. I mean, I've worn Robbie, I mean, we, we got a kick out of it, but didn't go over as well with mom. I got sent home one time from school for. Something like that. Oh, nothing. It was nothing like that. I'd gone deer hunting the night before, and I shot a deer, and I went and recovered it the day before school, and they made me go home because my vehicle was leaking blood in the parking lot. <laughs> I'd be proud of that one. Yeah, I, was like, yeah, I wasn't that. upset. No. I was like, well, you mean I get to go home from school for this, yeah. too? Like, sweet. <laughs> I'll do it next time, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things were just different then, though. Yeah, now you'd see that. You, yeah. Same T-shirt you see on the back of a truck all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, like, G-rated compared to what oh, some of no. the people... Oh, I guess everybody's going to uniforms these days in school. This has nothing to do with hunting or fishing <laughs> or the outdoors. I'll get back on topic. I got a question for you, Lee. Yes. So I recently moved to Georgetown. Obviously, Elkhorn runs right through. Mm -hmm. what, where would you fish in, in Georgetown through on this? In, in the downtown region? Just or anywhere the, around there, yeah. Well, I I would... Um, <clears throat> There's a dam. You know, right? the, the impounded areas, I've floated those quite a bit around Cardome and Oster Landing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and if you want to go out and catch some some large mouths, not not real big, but numbers mm -hmm. and, and some spotted bass, that's okay. But you've got to paddle your way through the end of those till it gets back to Pool Riffle. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite part of the North Oakhorn is is downstream of Robinson Dam to the mouth. Okay. And um, you, you can put Robinson Dam, if memory serves correctly, is a is a park. Yeah, it's right there by the road. Yeah. And and, and uh, you can take out uh, Galloway Road Bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not really an official takeout, but people use it. Just respect people's private property. And there's, right. there's a new bridge and there's an old alignment, and I believe you can park there on the old alignment. Can and, you bank uh, fish those areas too? Or you, you, can't at, you definitely can't at the Robinson Dam Park. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, one thing about North Elkhorn, it flows through in South Elkhorn as well. They flow through a lot of, uh, of, of horse country and a lot of, you know, People are often, you just need to be respectful because people aren't really amenable to, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. but that's my favorite part of North Elkhorn. Just stay on the river, basically. Yes. Don't get off on somebody's yes. property. Yeah. Because there's a lot of that through there. And then you can put in also on South Elkhorn, which isn't there that much farther to go. Yeah. You can put in there by Margo Farm. They allow the public to, to put in there and you can take out a 341 bridge. And you'll need to park on your left side if you're coming from uh, Midway. The left side of 341 Bridge, there is parking there. It's the old roadway, of it's the right-of-way, rather, of the old road. Do not park on the right side. Okay. Park on that left side. Yeah. So you can do that one as well. That's They're both really nice. Yeah. Do you have any articles about any of these areas? Um, is, there your blue, is there somewhere everybody, somebody could find all the Blue Water Trails pieces? Because it's that time of year where people are going to need to. Yeah, the, on the website under so Blue you Water Trails. K, KY, Fish and Wildlife, Blue Water Trails. You can probably Go under the Fish tab, you'll see Blue Water Trails. Or yeah. go under Fish tab, Recreational Fishing, Blue Water Trails. Or... You can go on our canoeing and kayaking page, which if you're a stream angler, the, the, the stream fisheries, the, there's a bunch of good North Elkhorn accesses listed there mm -hmm. and pictures of them. Dave Baker did a fantastic job on those. So basically, the Blue Water Trails are under that. I think the Blue, Water, the Blue Water Trails would be something perfect to talk about right now because of just the time of year it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Water level, like you said, going to be going back to normal. The mm -hmm. fish are going to be doing what they want to do. And we're starting to have really nice weather. And so 
the Blue Water Trails, can you just summarize that for me? Because I've, I've read some of them, and when I like read the one for Floyd's Fork mm-hmm. and or Elkhorn, extremely detailed, breaks down, you know, even, you know, what bait you want to use, what time of year, uh, what the flows are going to be like, what to look for, how to find the right flows, areas of the creek that you want to stop and fish. Mm-hmm. It pretty much breaks it all down for you. That's And that's what the intention. So, um, in, in summary, real, what is the Blue Water Trails piece? Just well, I've written 35. I'm going to write another one this summer. Um we used to put them out over email. Now we do them for the magazine. That way we can kind of get dual use. And then we put the PDF on the Blue Water Trails page. It includes a map. The older ones have a map that you can print. But the driving force behind it is we have tremendous stream resources here in Kentucky that I believe are tremendously underutilized. And we wanted to make sure that people could go stress-free, fish, float, and and enjoy these uh, areas without having to worry about, oh, did I park on private property? Ooh, what do I do? What about the shuttle? Is there a dam there? And also, we promote fishing because we're fishing wildlife. So I like to put a little history in them, some fishing tips. And I want you to, you can go there and have guarantee that I can put in here and take out there. And I'm not going to be right. violating any property rights or any of those kinds of issues. Yeah. Um, I'm working right now on some edits because those things can change. Sometimes we yeah. lose accesses, we gain them. So I'm, that's what I'm doing this week is we're doing some edits to them before paddling season really kicks off in earnest, which will be pretty much now on. That's so, a good resource, though, for somebody who's already a kayaker or, or, or yeah, a kayaker, a fisherman or a fisherwoman or anything like that to find new places to go mm-hmm. or for somebody who's just wanting to get into it to find a spot to go in general. And you were talking about the uh, the resources, the streams in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think you probably know these stats, but Kentucky's the only state that's bordered on three sides by a river. Mm-hmm. And I think we have more miles of navigable waterways in the state than anywhere else in the entire They, they say Texas has more, but a lot of those are, are not navigable a lot of times so we, we do have you know we're, we're in the i feel comfortable we're in the top three well if yeah, you look at the rivers we've got uh, the ohio river and the mississippi river right mm-hmm. and we got the kentucky river the cumberland river the, the green yeah the, the, the licking green. yeah there's so many the rivers. salt no land exactly the no land all these rivers and they basically just cut up kentucky and if you look at a watershed map of kentucky i mean it's, it's ridiculous insane, yeah. looking so there's so much opportunity and there's so many people buying yeah. kayaks these days. Oh, mm-hmm. kayaks, it right. It's on fire it's, right it's now. The, it's, the, it's the new wave of way to fish. I love kayaking. And so many people over the years have, like you said, have not paid attention to these streams and rivers, and now they are. Well, mm-hmm. I started off wade fishing, just like a yeah, lot of people that's do. me too. I, I still I love still, wade fishing. I still enjoy doing it. But it, it's hard. Wade fishing is a lot of fun. It's great. But it's hard to beat the relaxation mm-hmm. of just floating down the creek. Oh, and yeah. Casting. And then knowing, you know, I don't have to pound this too much because i know what's around the corner yeah. i can eat a sandwich i can pull over and swim right. And yeah right yeah yeah it's it's there's nothing that i like more than being in a kayak it's a small house a small house stream it's just yeah. and in the summer when it gets real hot you're gonna have a lot of people, like uh, just recreational kayakers mm-hmm. yeah and right it's now it, to eat. right now is the time to go fishing on these things it is before the before the canoe hatch hits here. Because some of these streams, it can get pretty. pretty we, we love our friends at Canoe Kentucky, but uh, yeah, they, <laughs> they, 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 do, they do a good job there, though. Yeah, I, and, you know, I, I used to live right near that stretch of the Elkhorn, and so I would be out there fishing, and I'll oh, here come 30 boats. But mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, it, it might be a little bit of a nuisance when they come by you, but, I mean, they don't mess anything up. No, no. But I've caught them right before and after. I think yeah. the fish are kind of conditioned now on Elkhorn for and all that human activity. But in general, it's good getting those people out. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And they yeah. only really run on Canoe Kentucky. They'll shuttle you anywhere. If you mm-hmm. buy a boat from them, they'll shuttle you. 
but they only really run those trips at big big groups on a short section. And yeah, it's pretty much the six mile section from Knights Bridge down to yeah. our shop is, is right. the main main area that gets impacted. It is pretty sweet how they shuttle you mm-hmm. if you buy yeah. a kayak with them. I know, and I've, I have two now. <laughs> so yeah. my wife and I go out. We we're going to wear them out again. We've, nice. We're going to get our money's worth out of those free shuttles. How do they do that? I never ever used one of their shuttle services. They put it on a little. They drive you up, and right. you get to park there at the shop, and they drive you up and, and so drop you, you off, and then you just float home. And then you pack it up, and then you don't have to worry about bringing a vehicle. And one of the things that the shuttling, you have to put some thought into it. Yeah. Uh, when, when you have a when you're doing shuttles, it's easy to screw it up. And I don't know how many times people are like, "Oh, I don't want to lose my keys. I'm gonna throw them in the glove box and lock oh, them gosh. in there or something." That happened to us. We had that happen once. Was that were you I, with us that day? I've yeah. done that too. Me oh. and me and Brooks here. <laughs> we got to our takeout, and we were like, "Oh wait." No, it wasn't. It was, it was not us. No, it wasn't it, us. It was our Jameson and the edit band. I was going to say. No, but... I'll throw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, it was me, Brooks, and Jameson kayaking, and his vehicle was at the takeout. Mine was at the put-in. We get to the takeout, and Jameson, oh, his keys are in my glove box back at the put-in. <laughs> yeah. so. I've done that one. Yeah. I think we all have. Yeah. But also thinking, well, where do we need to drop off, and where do we need to pick up? you got to put yeah. some thought into it, because mm-hmm. it's real easy to screw it up. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And I think it's... When, when you're self-shuttling, it's three people is better. Three vehicles it makes everything easier. You could do it with two where you load all into one, yeah. but you got to really put your thinking cap on because it's easy to Bob, screw it up. My buddy Bobby, I told you I went on the podcast, He he's single-person shuttles. Mm-hmm. So he'll take his bike and lock it. people do that. He'll lock it up at the takeout spot, and then he'll drive his kayak up to the put-in and kayak down to the, wherever he's going to take out at where his bike is, and then he'll lock his kayak up with his bike chain ride his bike back to his vehicle it's a lot of work but if you like exercise it's good well at floyd's fork has at every access those little light uh bike locks so you can self-shuttle yeah floyd's fork man that's a you know i'm kind of the as far as kayak fishing and stuff and just being outdoors in general Mm -hmm. i kind of like to get out and get away Mm -hmm. and just if i i I like to be away from the crowds and stuff like that but floyd's fork is a pretty cool resource i mean it's amazing that you're that close to louisville Mm -hmm. and each year the water quality is going to get better which is going to mean for uh, better fishing. It's going to make for uh, better enjoyment. Why is, it, why is it going to get better? Well, um, some of the, they're they're doing an overhaul of the sewage treatment plants in Louisville, and mm-hmm. I know quite a few of the little packet plants are going to go offline in the next couple of years, uh-huh. meaning they're going to go to the main plant. And those little packet plants sometimes uh, Floyd's Fork still, and you know, I don't mean to be Mr. Bummer, but sometimes there can still be a few issues with water quality during heavy rain events. Huh. And uh, these little packets, these little, were, were built when the subdivisions were built and weren't really piped in. But my understanding, what I've been told, is there's gonna those are gonna go offline over time, and then that'll go to the main plant, and then that'll that'll really help things on mm-hmm. on Floyd's Fork. Huh. Plus, I think buying the park is going to ensure that there's not going to be development, there's not going to be uh, disturbance in, all, in, in a pretty wide zone all the way from pretty much uh, Shelbyville Road all the way to Bardstown Road, and, and I hear maybe in the future beyond that. Yeah. And so when that's protected and you, you're not going to have any disturbance, it's just going to improve it. Because, you know, Floyd's Fork, if it gets up, it, it turns pretty mud-ball-y pretty yeah. quick, you know. But uh, it seems but, like there's know, a ton of people that use it, utilize the, the resource. Oh, I mean, when I've been on there, I have been, and uh, you know, and, and diverse groups of people. I've seen people from different countries with their families who probably never done anything like this uh, paddle on it. Uh, I've seen uh, lots of uh, groups of women before have come through when I've been on it and paddling and enjoying themselves. So I'm, I just, it's remarkable uh, vision 
for for what they did because that's that took a lot of thought and, mm-hmm. and knowing that hey if we don't get on it now this, this is all going to go up in development and we're not going to be able to do this right so it was a very forward-thinking thing they did just sold it to a lot of young men everywhere to go out in Floyd's Fork. Yeah, but there's <laughs> lots of groups of women out there battling. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I like that. You know, whatever <laughs> works, whatever works, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I didn't kayak it a lot. I went there one time with you, but and it's actually amazing. You don't see that many people out there fishing and stuff. No, you don't. I'm sure Mainly. in the summer it'll be a lot different. But right now, I mean, maybe but seeing three or four. The infrastructure people. for paddling is just phenomenal. Oh, the it shuttles is. are quick, and um, and again, if if you're planning a trip, look at the Blue Water Trails, but look at that. Stream fisheries page are always putting new streams on, and there's it, the, that does tells with the uh, Blue Water Trails great, and they've had pictures of the accesses and pictures of what the takeout looks like, and then also relative abundance of species that, that you'll find in yeah. that stretch. And phenomenal I'll resource put this, there. Put it this way, I was fishing Elkhorn for quite a while. I mean, let's, let's just say I'd been fishing Elkhorn for a year, and then I looked at the Blue Water Trails map of it mm-hmm. because I'd just gone out there and explored it myself. But when I read the Blue Water Trails part. I was reading about the sections that I generally fished, and I was like, that's exactly right. Like, this is true. That's like, it, everything was right. And then I read about some other sections, and I went and explored Elkhorn some more just from reading that. So even if I've been on a body of water for a year, you know, I might still find some more stuff. So One of the things, too, that, that I probably don't mean to be Mr. Tootie or whatever, but I had some uh, some guidebooks that are written about Kentucky that were probably produced by people from out of state and and they're okay but they assume that every bridge was an access and some of the things and you know when you're planning a trip like that you can't assume so when when i when i write a blue water trail i ground proof it i float it i look it i look everywhere with my own eye i make no assumptions every single one on the website you've done and yes. you've researched, you've shuttled. I bet you yes. just hated doing that. Too. Yeah, oh, it is. oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's the worst things ever happened. Oh, it's the most fulfilling thing I've done. Whose idea was that, by the way? Um, that was a long time ago. It was Commissioner Gassett's. Really? Yes. I figured it'd be yours, but well, I mean, I pushed for, happy it, but, for it, but people brought it to me. I was like, oh yeah, I can, I can, I think I can handle it. That would be a pretty. You f- want to write a series of stream yeah. fishing articles? Okay, yeah. I can do that. That would be a pretty fulfilling thing to undertake, though. Mm-hmm. So oh, so many of them. And, and I started two. Th- I've been doing them eight years now. And uh, they don't seem any old, older now than, than you know, I'm not doing as many, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and we've got 35 now. I'd like to get that to maybe 45. There's always new stuff coming online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but there is a limiting factor, and that's access. So if I don't know it's 100% lockdown access, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah, profile a section. Yeah, because we can't promote trespassing. No, not at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. anything. We're actually trying to take away people's maybe, I'm not going to say need to trespass, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, we want more public yeah. access so you don't yeah. have to worry about it. We're, we're trying to make it more accessible. And with more people to, kayaking, that's what we're trying to do. Exactly. The, the department is working hard to, very to, hard to get more access. Yeah. That's very great. hard. Because it's, it's stressful if you're parked at a spot, you're like, mm, I'm near somebody's driveway, you know, you know. And I have, you know, I don't mean to promote this, but I have come back with dirty notes on my truck. Mainly when I was waiting, no more than floating. But I have had, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. do not park here again, or I will call the police. Or yeah. I've actually had people waiting on me. Uh, who, who gave you permission to park here? Well, sir, no one did. I'm, I'm sorry. I just thought it was okay. It's not okay. Don't come back. Sir, yeah. I'm not one of those. You won't yeah. see me again. You know, you know the, uh, you're familiar with Madison County pretty mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So, you know, when you go down Barnes Mill Road and mm-hmm. you go over the bridge by the by Silver Creek. Mm-hmm. When you get down to the there's bottom. An, there's an Adena mound there, an Indy mound there. Really? Right at that mound that's got a fence around and stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a Adena mound. Over on the it's Minor's Farm. I'd yeah, right on Minor's Farm. Right there right there at the falls. You know where everybody parks on the right mm-hmm. um, when you pull off on that side road? I wonder is is that's not a public access, that's just somebody being nice there, right? That's kind of been a quasi-access for as long as I've known. I mean, people, that was a spot where Eastern students would go to, and then the landowners just never yeah. said anything. Yeah. But 
But it's not. Now. It's not officially yeah. public. I know? see. I see. I, and there was a great waiting spot in Madison County on Otter Creek that I absolutely loved to fish. Mm -hmm. It was one of my favorite all time. And uh, there was a church nearby. And basically, I just went and got permission from that church. Well, that's and it's you know, especially something we do when we're on trips out of the state, and I'll do it every once in a while. Is you know, hey, I'm not going to be here, but you know, I've traveled a ways. Um, you know, if I gave you twenty dollars, could could I just walk and, and wade back here, or yeah. did everybody in our group give you ten dollars or whatever? And if you're willing to throw out a little money, sometimes that'll open up and say that I'm not going to be here like eighteen times in the next six weeks. This is today and today only. But I would really love to wade that. If not, that's fine, and it'll be, you'll be surprised how many times people. All it say takes yes. is being respectful of somebody's property. I respect mean, the property and make it worth their time. Well, that's what bit. what loses it for people is when somebody isn't respectful and mm -hmm. they get this bad taste in their mouth. Trash or yeah. something. Uh, there can be a hundred or there can be ninety nine people who are respectful of somebody's property. If one person comes out of there and they're not, it's going to screw it up. It's going to screw it for everybody. Yeah, because yeah, they're going to have that bad taste in their mouth and not trust anybody. And that's that's happened to me on one spot that one of my favorite spots here locally. Um, you know, that he was always cool, but then there was, I had a, a kayaker and he got, he just put up fence and the kayaker broke his fence down and then mouthed off and mm. and made him mad. And he's like, well, I'm done. So that's local? Yeah. That Is that was, on Elkhorn? Yes. Was it, was it one of the public access fishing spots? No, it was not. You know what I'm talking about though? Um, There's two public yes. before the fisheries. Mm -hmm. There's uh, one one man has donated his property to be public access, access fishing, but it's not public access paddling. Yes, Does that makes sense. Yes, you're not allowed to launch there. Yeah, and I didn't know that the first time I went down there. And so we had our kayaks on the roof, and he comes over, no paddling here. If you got a fishing pole, you're fine, but there's no boat launch here. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of wondering why that was. I'm assuming liability issues, or he just didn't want people. He to just didn't want everybody and their grandmother down there. But, yeah, you know, it's what my understanding because I've talked to. I know who exactly you're talking. But about. he's being a super nice dude because he donated. His property yeah. for fishing access, but it's easy not to miss the sign that says no. Pay, yeah, you know? well, like I never had pulled up there. I think we actually wanted to go to the the hatchery and launch, but we went there on the wrong day and the gate was closed, so we backtracked and said, "Oh, I saw a spot right up the road," mm -hmm. and we just pulled off, but it didn't work out. I mean, there's so many access points on Elkhorn, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, now, now there is. It, I mean, that's not always been the case. Believe me. I'll tell you what, guys, it's almost time for me to go catch white bass in the Salt River. All right. And we've been going for a while here, so but let's just hit it real quick. So what do we go through? Turkey season, mm -hmm. still good, two weeks in. If anything, it's getting better. Yep. Still a week one left. One weekend left, yep. yeah. One, one, yeah, about one weekend left. This weekend's the last weekend. Crappie fishing, good reports are coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, white bass seem to be running. We know they're running on no limb for a fact. I'm going to go try out the Salt River today, and hopefully they're running there too. What else do we hit? If you're looking for somewhere to go kayaking mm -hmm. or paddling or fishing. Check out the stream uh, canoeing kayaking page. It's, it's relatively new, and yeah. there's a ton of information on there. Blue Water Trails. Let's mm -hmm. see. Lee got Stream Fisheries uh, page. A lot of good stuff on there. Lee got kicked out of school for wearing a WizKid shirt. Yep, I did. Uh, <laughs> what else was it? Is that, those are the main things. Yeah, that, that was the main thing. Don't wear a WizKid Wiz <laughs> shirt to school. <laughs> Even though you can see that on the back of a truck now, but it's probably still kick out of school. <laughs> All right, guys. We well, want to ask how long ago that was. Uh, that was uh, right after the Stone Age, but prior to the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. There we go. All right, good stuff, guys. I'm going to press the stop button here. So. All right, man.